BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Hanitka. Thank you so much for being here for a brand new episode of On a Mother Level. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hi, I'm glad you're here. I have a great show for you today, a little heavy, but I hope it has a lot of information for you. First of all, I talked with an OBGYN in the Quad Cities area, Dr. Claire Harney, and she talks about why she and other doctors in the health group are recommending that pregnant patients and mothers who are breastfeeding should get the COVID vaccine when it's available. So the first question I ask her is about eligibility. So I want to explain a little bit about what she means first and foremost. The CDC recommends that pregnant women be included in phase 1C of the vaccine recommendations. Right now, most of our area is in phase 1B, Illinois is. Iowa is still in phase 1A, but they are transitioning to phase 1B coming up here in the beginning of February. So phase 1C is the area that the CDC thinks that pregnant women should be included under a high-risk medical condition. That's the recommendation. Now, it's up to the states on whether they want to include pregnancy in the high-risk recommendation category. So that is still up in the air. So for the most part right now, if you're listening to this and you're not a healthcare provider or in some of those frontline essential worker positions you are probably not eligible for the vaccine, but it's something to think ahead to. So I talked to her about if you're pregnant, should you get the vaccine? If you're breastfeeding, should you get the vaccine? If you're planning to get pregnant, should you get the vaccine? If you're planning a fertility treatment, do you need to get vaccinated? I think I asked her a lot of important important questions that you're going to want to know the answers to. And it's a nice quick interview, and she's very um, clear about the evidence that is out there, and the evidence that is not out there. So I very much appreciate her expertise in helping us make a big decision that we know impacts our health and the health of our babies. So that's coming up first in this episode. Secondly, you're going to hear from Alma Brunson. Alma is the mother of five out in Muscatine, and she was on an episode of the podcast almost exactly a year ago. Her first episode was um, episode 32. It's called Michaela's Hope, and it is named in honor of the um, organization that she started in honor of her daughter, Michaela, who she lost to suicide. So if you want to hear Michaela and Alma's entire story, please go back and listen to episode 32. It was one of the most downloaded episodes of all of last year, and it's a hard listen, but it's an important story to share. And that's why I wanted Alma to come back on the podcast, because she has an important event coming up um, related to Michaela's Hope. And let's face it, we might not be okay. 
Our kids might not be okay. Our friends might not be okay. So we talk about mental health during this pandemic, and she's really the perfect person to um, sit down and talk to this about based on her own experiences and how she's trying to find joy in her own life right now. And so you're really going to enjoy that part of the conversation as well. So let's begin with uh, the vaccinations and Dr. Claire Harney. I'm an OBGYN at Genesis Health Group, and I deliver babies at Genesis East Hospital in Davenport. Okay, fantastic. I had m- both my boys there. So busy day, lots of births, or are you not on that uh, not on that schedule today? I was on call overnight and in clinic today, but they got me out of the clinic to do this, so. Okay. Well, fantastic. I want to start first with, we keep talking about these phases of the vaccine and who qualifies. Does pregnancy alone change the priority level or do you still have to fall into those phase 1B, phase 1C categories to get a vaccine right now? I don't know. I know that it depends on the state. Um, So for right now in Iowa, the 1C is the category where um, you know women of childbearing age may qualify when they're pregnant, but I don't know if that's going to be a category that's going to automatically qualify them like diabetes or something else. So at this point, most pregnant women, unless you're a healthcare provider, probably don't have access to it. True. I know that phase 1B is going to start on February 1st, provided that we have vaccine supplies. I don't know if there is a start date for phase 1C. Okay. Whole bunch of questions for you, so they might appear in random order. What do we know about the safety of being pregnant and getting a vaccine when it's available? So there were no pregnant patients included in the vaccine trials to date. And that's actually very common. We're comfortable with that being the process, the way that things are approved in medicine. What we do know about vaccines in general in pregnancy is that there are many vaccines that are routinely recommended because they confer immunity to the baby for the diseases that we're concerned about. So for example, whooping cough and the flu vaccine are routinely recommended for every pregnant woman in every pregnancy. We know that this particular vaccine does not have any live virus in it. Um, So that Uh, we believe makes it very safe in pregnancy. And then the other thing we know is that it does not contain any ingredients that are known to be harmful to pregnant women or babies. And right now we have the Pfizer and the Moderna. So does brand matter at this point? What about Johnson and Johnson or any of the others? Did they react any differently when it comes to pregnancy or the ingredients you're talking about? No. So every vaccine that has been approved to date, we would feel comfortable recommending for our pregnant or lactating patients. So at this point, is it is it recommended? You say you feel comfortable recommending it, but overall, if I'm your patient and I show up and say, what should I do? What's, what's the plan? COVID is far more dangerous for pregnant patients than for other people who are the same age. Pregnant women are 70% more likely to die of COVID and they're five times more likely to be admitted to an ICU or put on a ventilator. It's considered to be really important that we protect our patients from this disease that's prevalent in our community. I've talked with the other providers, midwives and doctors who all work at Genesis, and everybody is on the same page that we're recommending it to our pregnant patients and our lactating mothers. More so I can tell you, as healthcare providers, we've been offered the vaccine first. And I have dozens of colleagues who are pregnant and lactating who have themselves 
themselves already received the vaccine. I have two colleagues who are donating their breast milk right now to studies to help it be studied. Wow. At Genesis, we believe that we're in this together and, and we uh, not only recommend it based on the evidence that we've seen in our expertise, but also based on our personal experience. Couple things. Okay. So number one, those stats that you talked about, uh, about pregnancy and COVID, I had not heard those before. Those are surprising to me. Wow. It is. It's not surprising to us because flu is also much more dangerous in pregnancy. Okay. Um, But if you consider that you're 70% more likely to die of COVID when you're pregnant or end up in an ICU or five times more likely to end up in an ICU, you think about that effect on the baby. That's known. That's something that there is plenty of evidence to show is true. As OBGYNs and OB providers, we often find ourselves in a position where we're weighing the risks and benefits of different medications and vaccinations and treatments. And that's why we don't hesitate to recommend this one. The second thing, um, tell me more about this, the donating of breast milk in order to be studied. That's fascinating. It is. It, it's, it's great news. So healthcare providers are, are getting these life-saving vaccines first. And we know that we have a responsibility to the community to be vaccinated, to be able to keep them safe. And then also if we're pregnant or if we're lactating to participate in research so that we can know the exact effects. So I have two colleagues who are donating breast milk and it's going to be studied at different times out from the vaccine to find out what the antibody loads are in the breast milk. We actually um, are hoping to find that those antibodies are, are helping to protect the babies. Yeah, that's very interesting. That was always such a pro of breastfeeding is feeling like you're passing on those antibodies. Right. So what if you are a person who's pregnant and you've already had COVID? Does that change your need for the vaccine? People who've already had COVID are still being recommended to be vaccinated. And the reason is because we just don't know how this virus is mutating and how long the antibodies remain after a natural infection. We don't know how strong your body's reaction is to a natural infection if you have an asymptomatic infection, for example. And so we're still recommending that people be vaccinated. We know that the vaccines are, for example, effective at protecting people from these new variants that they're talking about. Okay. That's important too. Uh, What about the vaccine and fertility? If I'm not pregnant, but I want to be, and I'm, I'm, you know, a woman out there of childbearing years, are there any concerns about side effects related to infertility in this vaccine? We uh, obviously don't have any evidence because we haven't done a clinical trial, but we, we have no reason to believe that there's going to be a problem based on prior trials with vaccines. We would strongly encourage somebody who's considering pregnancy to be vaccinated prior to pregnancy because then that eliminates the concerns of, you know, any concerns that could happen during pregnancy. And I'm assuming the same would go for someone who's planning a fertility treatment in IVF or something like that. Absolutely. And again, can you um, reiterate about the protection that the baby gets then if you are vaccinated while you're pregnant? Again, we don't have direct evidence, but in general... When moms are vaccinated for disease and pregnancy, the antibodies are transferred to the baby. So that's why we encourage mothers to get a flu vaccine and specifically a whooping cough or a Tdap vaccine in pregnancy to protect her, but then specifically to protect the baby from those diseases when the baby's born. 
Okay. For you, just on a personal level, uh, being a provider right now, there's so many worries and I'm sure you hear them all the time from moms. What, what, what kind of mood are moms in right now and, and how are they feeling the longer this pandemic goes on? Moms are moms. They're in charge of so many different things. Um, they keep families together. And I think that, you know, whether they're being asked to homeschool or, or isolate or wear a mask, they're, they're charging forward and taking care of their families. We just want any mom who's questioning whether or not to get the vaccine to contact your OBGYN or your midwife so that we can go through the evidence with you and help you make the right decision for your family, help you feel really comfortable with that decision and also discuss our personal experiences with you. Yeah. How are you personally doing during this time and, and so much more stress on you and making sure your patients are safe and healthy? I'm fortunate to be able to have my husband stay home and help to watch our children. And so for me, COVID has been very scary because I also live with my father-in-law who's in his 90s worrying about transmitting to him, but it's also been a time where my family's gotten to be closer. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I want to emphasize that um, this is a decision that we want to help women make. And so we're really happy to talk to anybody that has any questions on a personal basis. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. I will let you get back to your clinical. (laughs) Thank you. It's nice to meet you, Denise. Thank you. And you as well. Keep up the good work. Thank you. My thanks once again to Dr. Harney for her expertise and for shedding a little light on a question a lot of us moms out there have. The next part of the episode features Alma Brunson. And I connected once again with Alma on Facebook after I posted an article recently. And I'm going to read a little bit of it to you. So this article was put out by KGW, a TV station out in Oregon, and it reads like this. The headline says, Oregon eighth grader opens up about mental health struggles with pandemic and distance learning. For eighth grader Melanie Gabriel, distance learning took a serious toll on her mental health. Melanie, 13 years old, first spoke to KGW in early December at a rally to reopen schools. COVID and the whole shutting schools has definitely had a huge impact on my depression, said Melanie. She said the isolation from her friends and lack of hands-on teaching led her down a dark path. KGW has heard similar stories from students and parents around Oregon. It was just so frustrating that I couldn't do it anymore, she explained. I was having mental breakdowns daily, multiple times a day. And then she stopped participating in school last spring. Depression is very invisible, and it's kind of hard to tell if somebody's struggling or not, said Melanie. So it might look like someone is doing fine with distance learning, that they're totally okay with it, but they could be struggling and you just don't know. With help from family, she's now in therapy and she's been back in school since October. Struggling without having a person there to help you through is the absolute worst, and it can lead to horrible things. That's something that concerns Oregon Governor Kate Brown. It's one reason she's putting teachers and school staff in front of seniors for COVID-19 vaccine priority. Jeff Carr is CEO of Albertina Cara, an organization that provides mental health services to young people. Carr says the pandemic has taken a toll on young people by cutting off their social interaction. I just think kids across the spectrum are struggling. And I think the longer this goes on, the more risk we're going to have as a society. He believes a return to the classroom will be good for students, and Melanie's mom agrees. 
If we don't find a solution soon, we're going to lose a lot of kids, said Melanie's mom, Megan. I know lots of people who've lost their children this year, and I fight every day to keep mine alive. So someone really needs to do something about this. I posted that article on my Facebook, and the responses were overwhelming. A lot of people sharing their own personal experiences, sharing their own losses, sharing their own struggles, whether it's them or their kids. And Alma commented on that post, and I thought, it's, it's time to reconnect with Alma after she so generously and bravely shared her story with me last year. And so we talk about this case out of Oregon and some other current events that are happening related to mental health during the pandemic. And she talks more about the work of Michaela's Hope, a blood drive you can participate in this coming weekend that furthers Michaela's Hope's mission. And she talks about an important concept, the idea that it's okay to not be okay. And sometimes you might need to repeat that to yourself a couple times. It's okay to not be okay. So here's my conversation with Alma. And again, if you want to hear the rest of her story, go to episode 32 of On a Mother Level. And you can connect with Alma, Alma Brunson, on Facebook. I'll be tagging her so you can connect with her. She has a lot of resources to share that might be helpful to you or to someone you love. So please welcome back Alma. I probably shouldn't have been so surprised to see the comments on that post sharing that eighth grade girl's story. It's been a year. I talked to you at this time last year. I shouldn't have been surprised to see so many people say this has hit them close to home. Personal stories were shared on that post. I don't know. What were your thoughts reading some of those comments? I think there's a lot of people, even people that before the pandemic struggled with their mental health and just well-being in general has hit them extra hard. People that in general really didn't think about their mental health too much have now realized how much that inner reaction, the simple things of smiling at one another, greeting each other in the grocery store with that hug and that hello, I miss hugging. I miss hugging. I miss wearing lipstick. I mean, these are th- these are just simple things that before we took for granted, and now in the midst of a pandemic, we're realizing how um, our, our mental health is being affected by by not having that social interaction, by not being able to go. It was one thing to say I'm staying home this weekend. It's another to say I can't go anywhere this weekend, and, and that has affected a lot of people um, in, in in various different capacities. Um, teachers knowing their students are struggling now being able to teach like they used to and finding new ways. Kudos to these teachers that are just amazing. Uh, my daughter's a teacher and to see how these these instructors have gotten so creative um, in reaching out to their students. Thank goodness for technology um, that we're able to do this. That That's huge, but it's no replacement for that human interaction. And that is just so vital. Gosh, you make such a good point. I mean, I don't know the last time I even looked at someone in the grocery store. Yeah. Because yeah. you you kind of head down, mask on, and you just know you're not going to interact with them. And Right, yeah. right. Or if, if somebody does greet you and all you have is the eyes to go by and they're like, hey, Denise, and you're like, hey, you, like, 
it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That recognition. So then I, then I feel bad that I, I don't remember your name because I don't know the rest of your face. Yeah. Oh, that's happened to me a few times before. That makes you feel real good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, when I talked to you last year, um, one of the things we were talking about was the Michaela's Hope blood drive. And here we are again. That's coming up next week. Next week, February 1st, we're going to have our, uh, again, due to the pandemic, schools are not, um, we're not not having the blood drive at the school, but the uh, Muscatine Key Club has graciously reached out to us and said, what can we do to help? And the kids are helping promote the the blood drive. And our church has also extended their help. They're going to be helping us with that as well. And it's just a a really uh, wonderful way to continue to honor Michaela's memory by helping others. And it's a way that we can share her story, get the conversation going. Why do you have this blood drive? And we, it's an opportunity for us to talk about it. And that's one of the things that we, in the uh, tragic privilege that we have to share Michaela's memory, we want to have that conversation of mental health. We want to normalize that conversation of mental health. And so um, by having the blood drive, uh, by having Michaela's scholarship, by doing the things that we do, in November, we had mental health, Michaela Miles for mental health. And that was something that, again, it's just a way to get the conversation started so that people that are struggling realize they're not alone. So that people that are having a hard time vocalizing know that that there's some resources out there, know that people do care. That's the reason we do these things. And, And I think that's just so important for people to realize you're not alone. There is help, people do care. And please, please reach out. I'm wondering if, you know, none of us really knew what we were getting into when this thing started back in March, but I'm wondering as the months went on where your mindset was and were you thinking about the potential impacts on people's mental health that this would have because of your experience with this? Absolutely. I I think that's one of the first things that um, someone that struggles with their mental health There's certain things that you find to cope with those things. Um, And if you don't have, again, that support group, um, the gathering, the just getting together and unwinding, whatever that is for you, not being enclosed and secluded to your house or to your room. We're fortunate that we live in a country setting. We can go outside. But if you live in an apartment or you're in a complex where that's not an option for you, that wears on your mental health. And I don't, I, I don't think any of us knew that it was going to continue as long as it has and affect as many areas of our lives as it has. Uh, something as simple as meeting a friend for lunch. If you're, you know, having a bad day and you invite a friend out for lunch, we, we can't do that anymore. You know, it's not as easy uh, anymore. And so those are struggles that, that yes, a, a lot of people are, are facing right now. Are you hearing from a lot more people? Are more people reaching out and sharing their personal experiences or that of a loved one? I see a lot of, on my personal Facebook wall, friends that are just being honest and saying, I'm having a hard time. Is anybody else struggling? And somebody else will say, yeah, this is really getting to be tough. And so I'm glad to hear it become a conversation. I'm glad to hear people being honest. And I think that that's something that I'm hearing people be a little more honest about it as far as, man, I I miss, again, the conversation of just putting on lipstick. I miss wearing lipstick. Me too. I I hear people saying that. We also have seen an increase in, you know, committals and and suicide attempts where people have just reached that brink where they're just just really, really struggling. 
Um, not everybody has the same resources and support group. And so that becomes a challenge. One of the things that I often try and do is when I come across um, a resource or some sort of a, a facility, I, I take a picture of the card. Um, this one, for example, is the Eastern Iowa Mental Health Services region. And so I take a picture of that and I keep that in my phone. People will sometimes say, hey, you know, uh, I, I know someone or I, I have someone, do you, do you know of someplace? And I immediately just, you know, share a picture of that with them. It's a great way to, you know, you don't have to have the answers. I, that's the other thing I tell people, you don't have to have the answers, but if someone reaches out to you, if you have these kinds of resources available, you can help extend that to them. And sometimes just be a good listener. Just sometimes getting that off your chest is so so good to just know that someone's there to listen. Sometimes we can't fix the things that we're struggling with, but getting them off our chest and just talking about, it. and really, honestly, that's a lot of just therapy. Um, you know, our, our family goes to, you know, we started with a grief counselor. We still go regularly. That's a normal thing for us. And a lot of times it's just talking about how's it going? How do you deal with these day-to-day -day things? And it's amazing how just talking about it, you know, we haven't changed anything. We're in the same circumstances. The talking about it and, and learning coping mechanisms to deal with some of those things. It's that concept that you've been posting about. It's okay to not be okay. So yes. you're not saying you've got yes. to go out and fix it this second. Nope. You need to find a solution. It's just mm -hmm. saying it's okay to feel where you are. That's right. Your, your feelings are justified. There, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. And that brain chemistry sometimes is off and it just is very difficult to get through. Just keep plugging away. It's okay. And that, that is a, something that we do. It, we, I, I try and post uh, encouraging things to that nature because I know somebody out there needs to hear that. Um, we have enough negativity. Social media has just as much good as it does bad. And if you can contribute something that, you know, maybe some, somebody can scroll through and say, oh, I really needed to hear that today. And sometimes there's things that you know I know that, but when you just, you just read it at the right time or it came across your feet at the right time and it just made you feel a little better. Yeah, I agree. You share a lot of happy things. You share I, a lot of joy in your life right now. What are some things that are making you happy? My dog, my daughter, my husband, and truly I have an amazing band of friends that are just incredible. I, I, I'm very, very blessed to have some of the most amazing people that um, God has surrounded me with. And I try very hard to take note of the little things when your husband brings you a cup of coffee in the morning. Those are very simple. I love yous, but they mean a lot. They really start that day off right. My daughter and I, one of the things with the pandemic that we've, um, I think, learned together and done more together is cooking and gardening, trying those, what you can do, you know, get out and do what you can do and get involved with those kinds of things. So we've learned a lot. We're starting to plan the, the new garden for the summer. Pets are amazing. I think, you know, we call our dog Kazmaier. He's the natural therapy dog. He just makes you happy. Pets are pretty amazing. And, and I, I understand why they have, I think every school should have a therapy dog or a cat because it's amazing just how pets give us love, that unconditional love. Who wouldn't want to have a party every time they walk in the door? Pets give that to you. They're just so happy to see you. Um, so that, you know, they, my family and, and um, my friends bring me a lot of joy sharing funny memes together. Who hasn't shared a Bernie meme? <laughs> I love them. I really do love them. They brought me so much happiness last week. It was, 
it was such a refreshing change to laugh and smile about something. And I've already ordered new Bernie mittens, so I'm excited to wear them. <laughs> they're going to be the hottest item of the winter. Yeah, they're going to be great. I'm wearing to the grocery store everywhere. <laughs> I know you think about Michaela every day. I know day. the grief changes a little bit every day, but it's always there. Yes, it where, is. Is. Like, where do you think you are at? I think that we relied heavily on our faith. Our faith really has helped us tremendously in our grief. And we know where Michaela is. We know we're going to see Michaela again. We hold to that promise. And now I have to face every day without her. But I can continue to share her story. I can continue to share her legacy of helping others. We have um, gotten involved with the Iowa Donor Network. And by volunteering, we share Michaela's story. Michaela was an, uh, a donor and with the blood drive. So we, you know, when you, when you lose your child, you don't stop loving your child. We still have so much love to give. This is how we continue to love Michaela, to share Michaela, and to help others in the process. And by sharing her story and talking openly and honestly about what we have gone through, what we have learned and sharing our faith, we continue to have that love, to give that love and to receive that love. Because as we participate in these various things and we find out that this helped someone, that this encouraged someone, that this made a difference for someone, it's love coming back to us from Michaela's story. How often do you think about or compare situations or even for myself, I think about me as a 16 year old and being isolated from my friends and the impacts of it. And I'll be honest, I don't think I would have done very well. I don't think I would have done very well. And it really, it really frightens me because I don't think I would have done well. I I agree with you. I don't think I would have done well either being a social person. I'm a very outgoing person. When, when, when the schools all went viral um, and then they went back to um, the hybrid and as parents, we had choices. You could do hybrid or you could do all at home. I struggled with that decision. I wanted to keep my child home. I wanted her safe. Um, I felt this, this is what we needed to do, but my child wanted to go back to school. She wanted to go back to high school. She wanted to get back to some sorts of some sort of normalcy and see her friends to be social. And with it being her senior year, there's a lot of things that you do your senior year. This is your last hurrah. So it was a huge, it, it was very difficult for me. It's worked out great. I mean, it's worked out well. She's she's you know doing great. I worry as a parent, you always worry, but that social interreaction, those milestones, that homecoming dance, all those things that the kids right now are missing out on, that's, that's affecting them. You know, they're, they're going to look back at their senior year and it's, it's going to be kind of a bittersweet. And so, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I, I know, I don't think I would have fared well either. You know, when I was in high school, we didn't have Facebook and texting and Instagram. So <laughs> It's brought up a little bit, but I don't know if we truly really acknowledge that everybody's home life is different 
and some home lives are happier than others. And I just wonder about all the kids who are getting skipped over because nobody knows what their home life is like. And nobody knows. It's not all just like, oh, I'm missing my prom. It's like, I, you know, I, I'm not safe here. I don't feel good here. I don't feel supported here. And I, when I think about those kids, it really hurts me. And it does me as well. It hurts me that those children are going through that. And it hurts me that those teachers are going through that because the teachers know that some of these children are at risk at home, whether it's a financial situation, whether it's a safety situation, those, those teachers know that those children are struggling too. And that is a really tough one uh, because those kids are little, they don't have the ability to get themselves out of that situation. Um, So yeah, everybody has a different home life. And so it's easy for me to say, well, I just go outside and play with my dog. Not everybody has a country life. Not everybody has the financial or social ability to to overcome those difficulties. And these parents that are also struggling to work full-time, do the homeschooling, and meet those needs. It's stressing a lot of people out. I think everybody's ready to just see this end. I mean, that's, that's a given. It's just a given. In doing some research before our conversation um, in Oregon, for example, the governor there is prioritizing teachers for the vaccination over the elderly because she's worried about getting these kids back into school. Do you think that's the right strategy? What are your thoughts on how, how schools can better handle this the longer it goes on. I read that earlier today as well. And I was at first, I was shocked. And then I thought, you know, that is, that's a valid concern that we need to get the kids back in school. We need to get something figured out here soon because of these situations, these home lives. You know, there's a reason that we have the free food program because there's children that don't even get a regular meal if they're not in school. I think one of the things that we can do is have like a peer program where kids get some sort of a training or things that they can learn to recognize, oh, my friend is struggling or I am struggling. Here's how I can deal with this. Um, We need to do those kinds of things for our law enforcement, for our community members, so that people that don't have the resources have somewhere they can go or somewhere that we can direct them to to learn to deal and cope with some of these issues. Uh, it's becoming a huge problem. Yeah, and that's a good idea because as disconnected as we are, there's never been more ways to connect. I think that's the problem with, you know, for as connected as we are, we truly are disconnected. Sure, you get, you know, 5,000 happy birthday wishes from all over the place, but there you are sitting alone on your birthday at your kitchen table. And, and I think that's an additional problem with social media is the kids look at, that online appearance, taking those 100 selfies to get that perfect one, giving the appearance of having that perfect life when you really aren't, you just want it to look that way. Those are all things that affect our mental health. Boy, that's a whole other subject there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Because now you really don't see someone in person to know right. whether they're really full of it on their Instagram or not. Yeah, yeah. Or that, you know, they really do want that, you know, that life. Again, that social media has good and bad and everybody can has a, the right to post what they want on their own. I try to keep mine upbeat and funny. I share my goofy antics, um, hoping it makes somebody smile because, you know, if, if, if nothing else, it made somebody smile. 
Well, Rebecca's cooking looks amazing for one. She is, let me tell you, I, I do not mind helping her eat her homework. I mean, work on her homework. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's doing wonderfully. And, and then just all the miles you're putting in with your running and you've got a 5k oh, coming up, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, so I have a couple of friends that we get together and we're doing these virtual challenges and it's really a great way to have some accountability and we have a group team and we, you know, message each other and, one of the guys did a, a 10K every day for 10 days. And I was like, wait a minute. All right, I'm going to get you. You know, we got to catch up here. And so it's nice to have that accountability. That's one of the other things that we can do to kind of help with our mental health is, you know, eat better and just get that physical exercise. I think people take for granted that being physical, uh, whether it's a walk or a swim or a run, you get those endorphins going and that natural comes to you and you do feel better that's one of the reasons that I enjoy um, running and just being outside. It does, it just kind of changes your, your mood a little bit. Um, so yeah, be you know, gathering a group of friends and, you know, we may not be physically together, but virtually everybody's kind of doing their thing and together we're, we're getting t-shirts and, and, and awards. And it's pretty awesome. It's a lot of fun. One of the guys printed out a picture of the different months and then you color in the day that you, that you ran. So if you ran or walked on this day, you color in that day. And at the end of the year, you should have your whole calendar colored in. And so that's a great visual. You know, if you're a visual person, that's a great way. So right now my January is not very colored in, but we'll get there. <laughs> well, I mean, in your defense, it's not like you can run on the snow covered. True. Sidewalk. true. It, it'd be more skating right now. I think. <laughs> Where do you imagine um, Michaela's hope going from here? Obviously with kids being kind of in and out of school, things have probably been on hold a little bit. My dream for Michaela's hope, my husband and I, our dream would be to have a a mental health clinic, a, a place that there would be, people could go to get mental health counselors, treatment, resources, appointments. That's my dream, but, um, it's, it's good to dream big we're taking baby steps to get there. Right now, it's just getting the word out, having the conversation and uh, getting involved. And that could be as big or as little as you can. And some days that's sharing a funny story. Some days that's handing out a card for someone so that they can get help. Baby steps. But that's the big dream. If you are not seeing people quite as often, does it make it harder to know if someone might be needing that handout, you know, or that, that help? Is there any, any change in what we should be looking for? That's a, a really great question. And it's, it's a tough one to answer because with Michaela, she was a very outgoing, very funny, very involved, a friend to everyone. If you met Michaela, you would say, wow, that girl's got it all. She's really great. And yet there was that hidden sadness that for some reason she could not share. She, for some reason, could not. And that's one of the reasons that I talk about it so much. I want people to know it's okay to reach out. Please reach out. But there's always, you can check in. Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm fine. No, really, how are you doing? be a good listener. You know, that friend that you see all the time that you guys haven't really connected for a while, maybe give her a call, an old fashioned with voices call. Texts are great, but we've lost that, 
that talking, that listening, because we just send a little text. And, and I, I do that too, you know, hey, just woke up with you on my heart today. Hope you're having a good day. It's always good to be thought of, but that connection. Um, and again, we miss that smiling. You know, you used to, I, I, I've said, you can have an entire conversation without saying a word with a good hug. Man, I miss that. I just really miss that. Keep an eye out for someone if, if their sleeping patterns change, if their eating habits change, start consuming alcohol more, those kinds of things. And again, this is difficult because we don't see people as much. But in that conversation of talking, how you doing? What have you been up to? Maybe we can find out more. But yeah, it, it, it is difficult. I guess the best thing I can say is just keep connected, check on your friends. If you are the one struggling, don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time today. Again, you don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes somebody just needs to, to get it off their chest and know that someone is listening. The lesson today is check in on somebody, check in on a mom you haven't uh, checked yeah. in with for a while. Boy, check in on those moms. Those mom, <laughs> moms with littles are really, I think moms are naturally multitaskers, but we're really having that multitasker put to, <laughs> put to the test. Yeah, especially if you're trying to work at home and you've got remote yeah. learning and winter storms yeah. and right. it's, a lot. it's a know, lot right now. One of the things we did with Michaela Miles for Mental Health was we had uh, little postcards with her logo on there. And I encourage people just to get those cards and just send somebody a, a good old fashioned handwritten note. Hey, Denise was just thinking about you. I hope you're having a good summer. I tried that recipe you had the other day, just a simple, it doesn't have to be an in-depth, but just, you know, remember when you were little and grandma sent you that birthday card with the $2 in it, you know, like that was a big deal. You know, let's go back to those little old fashioned touches. I think that's part of the problem that we're as connected as we are with technology. We're highly disconnected. I'll be the first one to admit that I could be sitting on the couch right next to my husband while he's watching this old house. And I'm looking at TikTok videos. We are sitting right next to each other, but yet we're, we're kind of disconnected. So maybe get back to turning off that technology, sending an old fashioned letter and using your voices to make a call instead of your fingers to send a text. Good advice. Anything else that you want to say today, Alma? Just want to say to anybody that's out there that's struggling, that's having a hard time, that is struggling with your thoughts to reach out. It's okay to not be okay. It, it's absolutely okay. It's okay to visit that sad place. Just don't stay there. There's a lot of cliches and I don't mean to share cliches. I just want you to know it's okay not to be okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you, Denise. It's a pleasure as always to see you. My thanks to Alma for participating in this episode and appearing for a second time on a mother level. I feel like you can hear her smile in her voice and she has the most amazingly infectious smile. So I really needed that today. And true to my word, I sent a text message right after the episode was over to one of my mom friends. So I hope you will do the same after listening to this conversation. This is On A Mother Level. I would love to connect with you more on Instagram. The page that you can follow is at On A Mother Level. That's where I post preview clips and different things that I'm working on coming up. You can submit guest ideas or topics by sending me a message or an email on social media. I love hearing from you and hearing your feedback. 
So one thing missing from this episode is no Bachelor recap this week. I have not had a chance to listen to the episode. So next week, next episode, I will recap them both and share my thoughts. If what I'm reading on social media is correct, Queen Victoria is at it again. Please tell me she went home after this episode. Ugh. No, don't tell me. I'm spoiler free. Spoiler free in 2021. Okay, so much more coming up next week. You are listening to On a Mother Level. I'm your host, Denise Hanitka. When it comes to parenthood, we can relate. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.